Hey guys, it's Peter from the podcast you are about to ingest into your ear holes with a question. If you found $100 on the street, would you pick it up or keep walking? Of course you take the money. So why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them, huh? Why? That's why I go to my bookie. It's fast, easy, and they pay you when you win. And let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. So do the smart thing. If you're going to bet this football season, bet with my bookie. Did you know that you could bet on games after kickoff? If by the second half it looks like your bet is going to lose, you can always just take the other side. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings, and no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of year to do it. Join now, and my bookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code BLUEWIRE to activate the offer. That's promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Welcome to The Rebuild. My name is Peter Moses. I am your substitute teacher for Jordan Zern, who has been sucked into the internet. You can find me at Danger Moses on the internet. Uh, joining me tonight, post game, is Cleveland's own Meredith Kane, MK on Sports. Meredith, how are we feeling? Browns win. Browns win. The Browns win. Did the Browns win? Yeah. Yeah, they won. It doesn't feel <laughs> right. like they won. But this is the era that we live in now where I'm questioning everything about uh, the Browns after a 20 point win. And that's what I find to be so hilarious is it, with a team that was two seasons ago, 0 and 16, suddenly we have a fan base that's furious with a 20 point win. And I just, I'm just looking at the conversations that are happening around us and it seems to, be centered around this whole I mean there was a lot of things that weren't great tonight Baker Mayfield looks like he kind of has the yips uh he was throwing a lot of high balls uh didn't his accuracy was off but yeah I mean it was a 20 point win and it, it could have been more and it should have been more but you'd think that after a win the the fan base would be a lot more positive and feeling a lot more uh I guess I don't want to say a lot more good because that's just horrible fucking grammar, but I mean, you'd think that they'd be feeling better, but they're not. I, I know you don't get style points in the NFL, but they beat a practice squad by 20 points and they weren't really converting on third down still. They had trouble getting into the end zone other than Nick Chubb running it in from about 20 yards out. Their offense got a full Chubb for that one. Full chub. We got a full chub, full, full 20 yard chub. chub. But their offense lacks any semblance of an chub? identity. I wanted Did you want more chub 24 7, 365. Morning, noon, and night. I always want more chub. And also, like, <laughs> why the fuck? Especially he, in the morning. We really like chubs in the morning. <laughs> why are we taking him off the field ever? What the uh, fuck is this dude doing not on the field for third down? The whole point of the offseason was like, look how good Nick Chubb can catch the ball. Wow, Nick Chubb can really catch. Golly gee willikers, Nick Chubb is so good. And that we're putting Dernis Johnson in for what fucking reason? God knows why. Their offense just seems to be lacking any like cohesion. And I understand that it's got to work their way into an identity, I guess. But you're right. Baker looks 
inaccurate, which is a problem when the whole thing is like he's an accurate quarterback. He has the most interceptions in the NFL since week four of last season when he started playing against the Jets. And it's not great. It doesn't feel good. I wish it felt better. I don't think the fan base as a whole, I mean, well, first of all, as Browns fans, we are all certifiably um, insane and unstable. So let's just start right there. But I think Browns fans would enjoy it if it felt better. I don't think it's on them for the win to feel great when it didn't. You need more chubs to feel better. Yes. Well, I'm older now, so I'm comfortable with the amount of uh, Nick Chubb that I get no matter what, but I would always like more. We'll get that to the ad read later, but I, I, I it's just, uh, it doesn't feel great. It doesn't feel like this is the same Freddie Kitchens offense that not only we fell in love with, but that uh, John Dorsey fell in love with. This isn't, uh, it doesn't feel cohesive. The line actually, I didn't think played terribly. I thought it was kind of everyone I know. else. You, you wanted to take the offense, you wanted to take the offensive line out to pasture last week. That was rough. That was not, not great. Cause like Baker wasn't really getting actually, I mean, after you looked at like the next gen stats and stuff, or just like his time spent back in the pocket, he actually got protected. Okay. Last week. That's yeah. I mean, the offensive part. line wasn't, they wasn't, they weren't super horrible. And it, it's funny because during the game, I was texting you about kind of like this tale of two halves almost. And there were a few certain things that were great in the first half and sucked in the second half and vice versa. So I was really impressed with uh, Freddie's clock management after the two minute warning in the first half. Like he did a great job there and especially going for a field goal when he needed to go for a field goal. Um, and then also the blocking in the first half felt a little bit better like that. Um, that block by Kush was what allowed Chubb to get that 20 yard run into the end zone. So, I mean, it, and it was strange. And then you get into the second half and then all of a sudden, you know, there's eight seconds left in the game and Freddie kitchens is putting Baker Mayfield on the field and having him get sacked. And this is another thing we talked about. And this is one of the things that I was just mind boggled by because after the game, Freddie was asked about whether or not he considered taking Baker out towards the end of the game. And he says, no, He's our quarterback. I wanted him to get the third down. And I'm thinking, why? I mean, he was sacked five times last week. And in just the past seven days alone, we've seen how many quarterbacks go down, including two from the Jets. Like this morning, I was tweeting that we needed to wrap Baker Mayfield in bubble wrap because if Baker goes down, this team is effectively screwed. And Freddie is putting Baker in with eight seconds left just to get sacked when we're up by 20. Why? Why are you putting him in that situation? That's just such a weird decision. And I don't understand it. And I'm kind of, I'm anticipating tomorrow for maybe more news, more things to come out, maybe Freddie to come out and say something else. But that was just, that was just such a weird, arrogant response to why did you put Baker in in that situation? Well, I wanted him to get the third down. I'm hoping, I'm hoping with all of my heart that this is a new system, new people working together, Todd Munkin and Freddie Kinchins trying to work out the kinks, but Freddie's calling the plays and this team just looks totally discombobulated. Um, on offense, they just don't feel like they have an identity, and I I, I hope that changes because 
Oh, I know, you know what? I'll give a little credit to Greg Williams' defense. That was a classic Greg Williams defensive performance where you mean Greg Yeah, Greg Greg did a nice job. He got pressure on Baker. He confused him, and he lined someone up four miles away from the line of scrimmage that ended up biting them in the butt when Odell ran, you know, by him uh, at literally twenty miles an hour school zone pace and how amazing is that by the way like we for all of the bad things that happened in the game we got our patented odell one-handed catch which was absolutely gorgeous uh gave everybody a full nick chubb and then you had this 89 yard run where he just busted through this coverage and then they flashed over to greg greg williams on the sideline and he's screaming fuck and it's just it was it's poetic justice. It's almost like handing Hugh Jackson the interception ball. Like that was the equivalent to me. Yes, but I was not as sweet because uh, they didn't have any good player on their team except for Jamal Adams. Like there was like Mosley was out. Le'Veon Williams Bell. was out. Like, uh, but, uh, yeah, sure. But like, I mean, honestly, Le'Veon Bell was probably their second best quarterback out of the three that played. Uh, it was <laughs> he was, it was um, rough. that whole team is Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, without Le'Veon Bell, that I mean, that would have just been that would have looked like a high school team. Yeah, it wasn't. He kind of kept him in there. It wasn't ideal. I mean, I, I, Baker needs to calm down, like full stop. He needs to calm down because they're. I mean, let's just get into it now. I mean, their schedule coming up are we is worried? fucking nuts. And if they play that way. Are we worried about a sophomore slump with Baker? Like, that's kind of what I was afraid of going into this season, but I wasn't going to say anything. Well, but now you're on a podcast, games Mara, have been so worrying. Like, you're not wrong. Are we worried? Are we worried about a sophomore slump with Baker Mayfield? And it almost feels like, is it technically a sophomore year for him? Because he didn't play a full, full season last year. But, you know, he played majority of the season Tyrod Taylor got hurt what was it the third game of the year listen as a NFL expert who last played football as a punter in ninth grade I have some opinions about this first of all they have tape on him now everyone's got tape on him and like the shine of Freddie Kitchens like throwing out the wishbone and stuff those days are done and also like it doesn't feel like Baker is making the same throws with the same confidence that he was last year he's still this, game, this season so far has actually made me think a lot about their Sunday night game against the Broncos last year, where he was so hyped up that he was just overthrowing fucking everything. And I feel like when he is in more of a rhythm, he is just kind of slowed down. His entire aura is just more slowed down, and he's really not found that rhythm yet this year and i think going into these next five games against the rams the seahawks the patriots the niners uh the ravens it, yeah it's it's gonna be rough yeah because they're not really going to get into deep into divisional play until after the bye week so there is yeah there's a very real possibility and i was saying this to somebody within our own blue wire network the other day when we were talking about the browns that the Browns could conceivably be two and six going into the. Oh bye. yeah, I mean, if the Browns have three, if the Browns have four wins by the end of October, I think we have to consider that a pretty successful first couple months of the season. I don't think that's. I think that's also just about you look at their schedule now and you're like, holy shit, these are the best teams in the league right now. After two weeks, I. I mean, maybe Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I really hope that. Shit. 
I really hope that nobody is looking at that Patriots game and being like, yep, that's going to be a win. Like, Because I mean, I know that everyone plays the schedule game. I got forced into playing the schedule game, much to my chagrin, uh, earlier this year. And I mean, I looked at the Pats as an L and I think I had the Browns. I want to say what they, I either had them eight and eight or nine and seven. Like I didn't really, I, I didn't want to do the, the 10 and six or more because that just felt, I don't know. It felt like it was buying too much into the hype. I get nervous when there's uh, a lot of good things on paper and you haven't seen anything yet. I mean, and that just might be from years and years and years of, of being a Washington Capitals fan and just seeing that team fall flat on their face year after year when they should have been, you know, winning the Stanley cup. So I, maybe that's where, where I was. And that's where I still am with this team where I'm just, I'm still reserved. Like I'm excited about the talent. I'm excited about the personnel, but I think the first two weeks of the season has, has shown us that I think even just as fans, as media, as people who talk about this team, that maybe we need to, you know, take a chill pill, maybe do some yoga. Maybe Baker Mayfield needs to do some yoga to calm himself down, but man, something's got to give. Right now, it doesn't even feel like we can get out of our own way, let alone challenge one of those teams that we're going to play in the next five weeks to a competitive game of football. That's it. That's kind of where I'm at emotionally is like, and I mean, we could talk about, let's talk about him. Miles Garrett has kind of epitomized everything about the Brown season so far in two games. He has four or four and a half sacks through two games and has about 30,000 penalty yards to his name alone. Uh, Although some of those, I mean, especially that very first one that he got, it was, what was that? Like the whole, like the full body weight rule. Like that one was a tough one. Cause I think that's a brand new rule that was just enacted in this season. So I'm sure he's probably, I don't think he was aware at the time that he was committing a penalty. And also let's remind ourselves, Miles Garrett is like 270 pounds of pure unadulterated muscle. Like, I mean, at that point, maybe be like, hey, Miles, use only 240 of your 270 pounds to tackle and then you won't get called on this body weight rule. And then I don't know. I have to go back because I watched I couldn't watch that hit on Simeon that took him out because I am squeamish. And the first time I saw his ankle go the wrong way, I, I, I squealed myself like a little girl even though I am kind of a little girl, but it was rough. So, I mean, I wanted to go back and watch it because it felt like it was probably a clean hit and just Simeon fell kind of funky on his ankle and it wasn't really something that Miles did purposely or, or something that he was aware of that he was doing. I think he was just looking for the sack. I would argue that the second hit where he uh, turned Simeon's ankle into dust was the lesser of the two uh, penalties because he got rid of the yeah, ball. Yeah, I would agree with that. Right. He tackled him right after he threw the ball. Like that was, I really don't think there was any moment, even in slow motion replay, when they were showing his ankle getting avengered, like turned to dust. Did he? Oh, the worst. Like, like, the, like there wasn't even a moment there to, to have him pull up. He was just making a play. The, the first one in the end zone, I didn't like it either, but there was still like a glimpse of a glimpse of time where he could have probably pulled up or not fallen completely on him like he did. All of that, you know, being said, he really is our best player. 
and like full stop, even with even if he got double the uh, the penalties. And I feel like his play is just more of a byproduct of what total crap NFL officiating is for trying to legislate the violence out of a game that is uh, predicated on nothing but violence. And it's an inherently violent game. Uh, I was getting nervous for a little bit when you were talking about Miles Garrett and uh, and his penalties because I will not have any Miles Garrett slander. Nor should on you. This podcast. Nor should you. Um, he is the golden child. He is the golden child in my eyes while everyone covets Baker and they covet OBJ as they should because they're crazy talented. Uh, I my my full heart goes to Miles Garrett. I absolutely love him as a person, as as a player. So yeah, and and I'm I agree that I do think that he is the the best player on the team. And honestly, I just I was very disappointed last week when he punched a guy in the head, and then uh, when he had that first penalty in today's game I kind of had my heart sink a little bit because I was like I just don't want to see this out of Miles Garrett week in week out but then uh like I had said earlier going back and looking at it you know the the penalty was predicated on this full body weight rule and when you're 270 pounds of muscle with like three percent body fat you know sometimes it's just really hard to stop the momentum and not put your full weight into it i mean maybe if he had a little more control he could have and avoided that penalty but um i don't i don't think that that's what was on his mind in that moment yeah probably uh probably some earth wind and fire lyrics were on his mind to be honest he's a uh, he's got great taste in music um yeah i uh their defense was fine i mean our defense did what they should have done which is allow basically nothing to a total trash practice squad team. Okay, Browns fans, I get it. I know we won, but I also know you may not be feeling great about the win over the Jets. Another thing you may not be feeling great about is how to keep up on what's happening in the world of sports. How are you supposed to read every article? How are you supposed to watch every highlight without losing time in your busy day? Scrolling through every app and visiting every website on a daily basis can feel damn near impossible. There's a new solution. It's called Axios Sports. Axios Sports is a modern sports page delivered directly to your email inbox. Every morning, you'll see the best stories from around the sports world, everything from the NBA to the NFL to niche sports like cricket or ping pong. Seriously, if you want your ping pong updates, you go to Axios Sports. The email newsletter highlights the most important stats and trends, giving you the ability to stay informed. It's super simple to sign up. Just visit sports.axios.com. Axios Sports is clean, crisp, and gives you everything you need to know. Read it in five minutes in the elevator or do a deep dive in an article while you're on your way to work. Not only will you be caught up, but you'll be the cool person at the water cooler sharing an amazing link with your friends and coworkers. Join the hundreds of thousands of sports fans who get caught up on the day before it even begins. Best of all, there's no paywall, no subscription fee, nothing. This is free curated sports content delivered directly to you. Do yourself a favor, sign up for Axios Sports for free at sports.axios.com. I subscribe to it. It makes me feel more informed without spending time clicking through websites, apps, social media, every other place where you can get content. It's all delivered directly to your email inbox. Again, try it for the cool, cool price of free 99 at sports.axios.com. Guys, let's face it. 
We are terrible at taking care of our health. Whether it's a knee injury, a bad back, or something worse, us dudes are usually more comfortable just rubbing some dirt on it than seeing a doctor. Listen, I'm guilty of it myself. As someone who's had multiple knee surgeries, I know a thing or two about getting hurt. The same is true for erectile dysfunction. Studies show 70% of guys who experience ED don't get treated for it. Thankfully, Roman created an easy way to chat with a doctor online. With Roman, you can get medical care for ED, if appropriate, from the comfort and privacy of your own home. You can handle everything online in a convenient, discreet manner. Getting started is simple. Just go to roman.com slash bluewire and complete an online visit. If your doctor decides that treatment would be appropriate, they can prescribe genuine medication that can be delivered in discreet packaging right to your door with free two-day shipping. Guys, go talk to the doctor. Erectile dysfunction can be tough to tackle, but it's really important to get checked out. With Roman, it's easy to connect with a doctor. Just go to getroman.com slash bluewire to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash BlueWire for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com slash BlueWire. All right, back to the show. As the Browns fans, it almost feels like we were the like fat kid in school that got bullied and just couldn't do anything right and was a total joke. And now we've lost weight. We've learned how to dress ourselves and we're super hot. And now we've become the bully and we're just making fun of everyone else. Like we're laughing at everybody, like we're laughing at the dolphins and we're laughing at the jets and we're just basking in any, everybody else's misery. Like have we come full circle of like losing 100 pounds and being the hot girl in class now and just becoming I'm going to agree with half of this analogy and I'll tell you why. I think the Browns, uh, you know, worked out during their sophomore year, summer of high school, started eating salads, puberty hit, you know, got a little boost and just like became. Don't forget the chicken. You need some protein, chicken and beans in the salad. But they were totally now they're totally hot, but they still have a lifetime of being the fat kid, of being the losers and have absolutely no idea how to comport themselves in any social scenario with any expectations of like what it's like to hang out with the hot cool kids now because they're still just straight up heavyweights in every aspect from their organization to their fan base i think the thing that's surprised me the most this year and i thought the jets game actually showed it pretty well because they had a graphic during the game that like basically half if not more than half of the jets are new to the team signed through free agency or trade and only 15% of their team was drafted by them, which is pathetically bad. And the Browns, as much as we're excited about them being a young team that John Dorsey's drafted, this was his only second draft class. Like, he's bringing a lot of new people in. There are still a lot of new pieces, including Munkin, including Wilkes on the coaching staff. And this team still needs to figure out how to kind of, like, garner an identity that's not them being the same old Browns. And I think that's possible. I think that's a thing that could happen. I think if they win two of the next five weeks, we got to be feeling pretty good about ourselves as a fan base, to be honest. Um, Yeah. And it's funny because we touched a little bit on this last week with the Titans and the Browns being a young team, but not only being a young team is that 
every it feels like almost every single piece is new. Uh, you know, the only piece that was sort of consistent was we had the Baker Mayfield to Richard Higgins and, and Higgins was out for tonight's game. Um, and we, and I, we also talked about Baker having the yips. I think a lot of it just comes down to this offense is still working things out. I think, uh, Baker throwing high, throwing a little inaccurate, uh, at points, holding on to the ball a little bit too long, which was uh, an issue that he had last week against the Titans. And there were a few times where he had that in today's game as well. Um, I just think that the offense just hasn't found its rhythm yet. And it's weird because you think that's what training camp in the preseason would be there for, but clearly it's not. And so I think that this offense, when you, 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 I think you hit the nail on the head right out of the gate in this podcast is that they need to find out what their identity is because once they figure out that identity, once they kind of figure out who each other is, they'll be able to start clicking and running on all cylinders. And I think that's sort of the biggest plague right now with this team is just this offense that doesn't really know each yeah, other. Yeah, I totally yet. agree. They're just not connected yet. And now they're going to face arguably like five of the top eight teams in the league to try to do it. Um, all right, last. It's going to be a rough, it's going to be a rough stretch going into the bye week. Uh, and then uh, another rough stretch is just the next slate of Monday night football games. Cause I had texted you earlier tonight saying, Hey, as, as NFL fans, because this is the only NFL game that was on tonight. We're looking at this. I was looking at this and say, don't do NFL fans deserve better than what we got in tonight's Monday night football. But then I'm looking at like the next three to four weeks of Monday night football and saying, well, Browns and third string jets might be the best Monday Tune night football Tune in next we week to see Case Keenum battle Mitch Trubisky. Ba, 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 ba. It's rough. It's rough. It's not, uh, it's not good. <laughs> It, yeah, the Monday night football games are not great. So at first I felt bad at the quality of tonight's game. But then looking through the next few weeks, I was like, you know what? Not that bad. It could be worse. Uh, let's not forget. We, we won did, by 20. I guess we won by 20. Probably should, should have probably won by 40. But at the end of the day, and I hate the term at the end of the day, although it's almost one o'clock in the morning, uh, East coast time over here, excuse me, East coast time over here. But, uh, a win is a win. Uh, we're going into week three, one and one and not Oh, and two. And I think that was probably one of the biggest things that people were looking at. And I forget what the stat was. It was something really stupid, like teams that go into week three being completely defeated going oh and two have like a 10 percent chance of making the playoffs or something like that i mean i it was a dumb stat but it was also kind of funny so i think we can kind of take solace in the fact that we're going into sunday not being oh and two we're going in one and that one. is a hundred percent fact and i think yeah i speak nothing facts, but facts Peter. i want to stop uh, i want to do one more segment on this podcast um a segment i'm calling Da, 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 da. my two Austins. So I want to do a quick update. Uh, yeah. Coming this CBS. fall. Um, false yeah. If I'm not recording this podcast anymore, it's because I sold this concept as a multicam. I, uh, I Austin, Austin cyber pending um, played like a fifth round draft pick kicker. He was good. 
We were so concerned about the kicking game going into game one and everyone was like, oh my God, is it going to be Greg Joseph? Is it going to be Austin Seibert? And then in the, in the dress rehearsal, Austin Seibert went four for four or something like that. And then they put him in, in game four of the preseason against the lions. And at that point you knew that it was going to be Seibert that Greg Joseph was, you know, going to be, you know, updating his resume after after the uh, GLC and then tonight he yeah, he batted a thousand like I think we need yeah. to give like some snaps some rounds of applause yeah, he's, for uh, Austin Cyber. he's the Austin up of this segment Austin down is uh my personal favorite <laughs> uh Austin Corbett cannot get on the field with uh a bunch of injuries on the offensive line the two guys who they traded for still right before the season are dressed and he's not um cut his ass cut his butt cut him cut him cut him i can't believe they don't dress Jannard avery but i guess with the schemes that they play it's whatever but austin corbett uh you cannot even put on a uniform like please see yourself out needs to uh work out like the hot girl and yeah you know learn to do his makeup and hair and I mean I don't know it's just it's a weird thing and it's funny because it was one of those things especially with Jannard Avery too like that that was another weird thing that that he wasn't dressed but it was one of those things where I kind of noticed but I was so focused on other things that if it wasn't for you bringing it up I'd be like oh wait for me in these right why isn't Austin Corbett as a freshman punter with the expertise of a football uh, acumen that I do have he just doesn't seem like he really fits Steve Wilk's scheme that well because he's just not going to be like a top edge rusher, but he's also like he's only playing two linebackers basically the entire game. Like Mac Wilson got in there for a little bit because Kirksey got dinged up for a second, but I don't know just where you put him. And I still think he has Kirko. Kirko, had Kirko a great did have a great game, and and Schobert did I mean, too. That, that, I, yeah, he had Schobert's he, hit he to cause that fumble was fantastic. I know Joe Schobert do things. Oh, and okay. And can we also talk about TJ Carey, which I feel like has sort of he was sort of like everyone's like most hated last year. He 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 picked up an inner like he picked up a turnover. Like, good job, TJ. Keep up the good I work. Mama's proud. I think he got a ragged on unfairly. I will say, though, the ball landed in his lap like a kid in right field in a movie catching a pop up. Like it just like fell right into his breadbasket. You mean like I think you're yeah, talking, talking about, about rookie, rookie of the year. year or the Sandlot. You could talk about any of them, uh, which uh which by the way uh quick plug for blue wire podcasts if you want to hear a complete breakdown of all of the baseball in rookie of the year you can check out uh big screen sports which is part of our blue wire family that's it plug Plug away uh meredith anything else you want to talk about this game it's it's late it's uh it's a win but i don't feel like anyone feels good about it uh, I, yeah, it, that's a weird thing to not feel good about it. And I'm not just saying that as an indictment on Browns fans, it's just, it, it's a justified feeling of looking at this and the amount of, uh, anger and people who are upset over this win. But I think we do need to kind of take a deep breath, take a step back and just understand that the Browns are going into week three, one and one and not zero and two. And at the end of the day, and I use that stupid phrase again, at the beginning of the day, because it's almost one o'clock in the morning at the beginning of the day, a win is a win. And I think that 
uh, even though we may not be happy with the way they won, I think we do need to be happy with the fact that they did win. Yeah, we just got to be pulling for three and four after our first seven games, I think. I think that's uh, three and four would be really impressive. And I know that the outside world might not feel that way, but. Um, I... Cleveland versus, right. versus the world, baby. It's right, us guys. versus them. That was the rebuild. Uh, we'll check in with you next week. And uh, please check out all other Blue Wire podcasts. Please check out Jake Burns on Brown's Film Breakdown for awesome film breakdown. Check out Meredith at MK on Sports and myself at Danger Moses. Uh, on the Twitter yeah. vines. Um, on the we'll Twitter vines. We'll be, uh, we'll be spewing our nonsense. Thanks for listening. Like, subscribe. Um, any comment you uh, write on the iTunes, I will read it on the air verbatim. So listen. Ooh, that's dangerous. You that's know what? dangerous, Danger Moses. I just woke up feeling dangerous. That's how I roll. You guys, uh, everyone have a great night and let's uh, go Browns. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.